Hello Heathmount! I hope you're all having a great week in the lovely little pockets of sunshine that we've been having. Oh, wasn't it great to all do the 2020 challenge last week too? Uh, they are still totaling up all the miles and looking at the photos. So if you haven't sent any of them in, then please, please email them to hm2020 at heathmount.org. And the Just Giving page is still open for any sponsorship for the charities too. The final total will be announced on Friday in the Griffin, which I cannot wait for you all to hear. But let's focus on today and the battle that we had ahead of us. It's year three. Let's find out who wins. Very, very exciting day because we have our youngest ever battlers on the podcast because, of course, we are with the terrific threes today. Everybody say hi if you're in year three. Hi. 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 Great to see you. So I'm just going to dive straight in and I am going to introduce our three classes. So we're going to start in alphabetical order. We're going to go to 3B, Mr. Boyington's class, but today he is represented by Osa. Hi, Osa. Hello. So great to see you, Osa. And Lara. Hi, Lara. Hi. Hello. Now, you guys are big podcast fans, aren't you? Do you have a favorite podcast that you've listened to so far, Lara? Yeah, I love the one where um, all the teachers played Mr. and Mrs. and that was really fun. <laughs> that was really funny. Right. Well, welcome, Osa and Lara. We are so excited that you are here. So rattling through the alphabet, we're now going to go to Miss Galloway's class, 3G. And we have Lucy and Poppy. Hi, girls. Hi. Hi. Actually, Poppy, you've been on already, haven't you? Yeah, I haven't been on one like this before, but I've been on one just talking. Where you did a bit of acting, didn't you? Yeah. That's right. And Lucy, your sister's been on the podcast, hasn't she? Yeah, she has in the year five one. Year five battle. Did, did she give you any top tips? Stay happy. <laughs> That's a great advice. Okay, now we have class 3T. We have Izzy and Georgina. Hi, girls. Hi. Now, girls, how have you been enjoying your homeschooling? It's been good but it's been yeah I first started off when we first started homeschooling I thought it was really fun and it was really exciting to be out of school and learning but then as the weeks went past it started to get a bit boring and I started to miss my friends and I kind of wanted to go back I know that it's a bit does feel a bit that way doesn't it where you I think everybody feels that way you're making the most of it but also when there's the time to go back you're going to go rushing back into school aren't you that's yeah. right Izzy are you you look have you had a good time yeah um I'm sort of the same with Georgina yeah you sort of feel feel the same way I think we all feel that way so guys we are gonna have an absolute blast on the podcast today thank you all so much for being here now we're just gonna dive straight in the first round is called where 
am I? I'm going to give you some clues to the school and you just have to tell me where in the school, where in the school you think I am talking about. So we are going to start with Mrs. Thompson's class first, 3T. Are you ready? This is your clue. You need to bring some very special clothes with you to go into this place. Otherwise, you will not be allowed to take part in Art. lessons. The Where am I? The art room. The art room. You actually need to wear entirely different clothes. Uh, Everything about you needs to be different, your clothes. Um, is it swimming? Yes! <laughs> so where are you? Izzy, where are you? You would be in the... The swimming pool. The swimming pool! Well done. One point to you girls. Right, next. You walk through this place to get to your music lesson and some of you might even have a house meeting here. And quite a lot of the time I am teaching in that room. I know the room that you're talking about, but I don't know the name really. Yes, um, I know that room. Chapel! Yes! Finally! The chapel! Well done, girls. Okay, are you ready? 3B. Where am I? This one's quite short. You can go to this place if you ever need someone to make you feel better. Nurse! That Nurse. You go and see the nurse, and what do we call that place that you go to? The, the pavilion. The pavilion, that's right. Well done, you. So, after round one, delighted to tell you that everybody has one point. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. Let's celebrate. Right. Let's go on to round two, you lovely lot. Now, these questions are all about year three. Do you think that in year three, are there more girls or are there more boys in year three? Hmm, let's have a think. What do you think, Georgina? More boys. What do you think, Lara? I think by a few, there's more girls. More girls. Izzy? I think more boys. What about you, Izzy? Um, more girls? Miss Lucy, what do you think? Um, I think more, um, boys. And also, what do you think? More girls or more boys? More boys. Well, you will have a point if you said in year three there are more boys! Yes! Boys! Well done! So we know that there's more boys. But how many pupils in the whole of year three do you think there are? Are there 50? Are there 56? Or are there 59? Ursa, why don't you tell me? How many do you think? 59. Lara? I agree, 59. What about you, Miss Poppy? I'm going to go for a good old 56. Uh, Lucy? I, um, I think 56 as well. Okie dokie. Izzy, what, what do you think? 59. Thank you. Georgina? I think 59 as well. Well, I can tell you that there are 30 boys and there are 26 girls, which makes a grand total of 56.
six. Yeah. Well done. Final question for round two. Are you ready? Which year three class is the smallest? In I think I know. Right. Lucy, what do you think? I think maybe uh, Mr. Boyington. Um, I think it's Mr. Boyington. Georgina, what do you think? I think Miss Galloway's. Miss Galloway's class. What about you, Izzy? I think Mr. Boynton's class. You think Mr. Boynton? I think Mr. Boynton's class. Mr. Boynton's. Well, I can tell you that in 3T, there are 19 pupils. In 3G, there are 19 pupils. And in 3B, there are 18 pupils. Yes. Please, yes. Mr. Yes. Boynton's class is the smallest. Right. Are you ready for Name That Tune? Okay, can I just say something crazy? I love crazy. All my life has been a series of doors in my face. And then suddenly I bump into you. I was thinking the same thing. Because like, I've been searching my whole life to find my own place. And maybe it's the party talking or the chocolate fondue. <laughs> but with you, but with you, I found my place. I see your face, and, and it's, it's nothing like I've, I've ever known before. Oh, oh, oh! Is he? Is he? Is he? It's frozen. It's frozen. Yes. Great start. Okay, let's do the next one. Seven AM the usual morning lineup. Start on the chores and sweep till the floor's all clean. Do you know it? Yes, I do. Alright, yeah. what is um, it? Is it from Rapunzel? Yeah. It's where will my life begin? When will my life begin? I'm only going to say something I though. I... The name of the movie is not Rapunzel. Oh yes, Tangled. Tangled. Oh, phew. Okay, right you lovely lot. 3B, your turn for your first song. Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Hakuna Matata. Ain't no person craze. Means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem free philosophy. Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. Lion King. Lion King. Lion King. Akira Matata. Oh, guys, that was awesome singing. Hey, back to 3T. It's your turn. It's super califragilistic. XP 
Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious, if you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious. Wait, I think this was the um supercalifragilisticexpialidocious from Mary Poppins. Oh, Georgina, do you agree? Yes. Uh, that was very impressive. Well done. Okay, it is time for the 3G girls. Let's do this. Now I'm the king of the swingers, oh, the jungle VIP. I've reached the top and had to stop and that's what's bothering me. I want to be a man, man cub, and stroll right into town and be just like the other men. I'm tired of walking around. Oh, ooby doo, I want to be like you. Jungle birds, jungle birds. I want to be like you. That's right. Such a great song. Okay, girls. Well done. You got it. You got it. Okay, last song. I've been staring at the edge of the water Long as I can remember Never really knowing why I wish I could be the perfect daughter But I come back to the water No matter how hard I try um, it's from Moana and it's How Far I'll Go. Oh, well done. Very good. Guys, none of you dropped a point in that round. You have all managed to keep your points, which means going into the last round, there is everything to play for. Re yeah. Are you ready? Round four. Now, this is quite a high scoring round and you can get as many points as you can. Now, um, the way it's going to work is I am going to give you a topic. The topic might be name items that you might find in your fridge, for example. Oh. And you're going to work as a team. So it would be Lucy and Poppy. So Lucy would go first and she might say lettuce. And then Poppy might say milk. And then it will go back to... Uh, Lucy and she might say cheese and then Papa <laughs> might say potatoes and I might say apple juice exactly. and if you hesitate you and you keep going until one of you hesitates or repeats something you've already said and then we count up your scores okay so <laughs> okay. obviously I'm not going to give you items in a fridge because I've just done that one can you please give me as many items that you would find a classroom? Go. Pen. Yeah. Computer. Pen. Pencil. Whiteboard. Rubber. Pencil. Oh. Very good. Oh. Oh. Three, four, four, five. All the basic stuff goes away. I, I know. It's a hard game. It's much harder than you think. Well done. Okay. Who is next? That you would find in the lower school. Go. A door. A window. A classroom. A pencil. A rubber. A whiteboard. A ruler. The zoo. Computer. 
the snack hall. Mrs. Jones's room. Mr. Boynton's room. Staff room. Oh, stop there! That was amazing. So, Georgina, you're going to go first. And I would like you to please, as many as you can, tell me how many items or places you can name in the prep school. Go. Chapel. Whiteboard. Music block. Um, stairs. Music room. Uh, art room. Main room. Staircase. Spiral staircase. Mr. Gillum's office. Uh... Stop! Yay! Well I done! Was so, like, two, two, I was so I had prepared my next one. It was going to be the computing room. That, uh, was, that was amazing. Uh, are you ready to find out the final? Yes, we're ready. Are you? I think, I think I know who's won. The three year three okay. battle. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's very close. Fourteen points. Three G. Fifteen points. Three T. And twenty points. Thanks to that amazing last round was three. B, let's get the rest of you! everybody! Have you all enjoyed being on the podcast today? Yes! Well, you guys, thank you all so much. Big congratulations to you all. Bye, everyone! Thank you! Bye! Well done, year three. They are a very, very jolly lot. And Mr. Boynton, who I think has appeared in the most games and quizzes and features than anyone else on the podcast. Thank you so much for always saying yes to the Hairbrain Schemes. Uh, Your class did you proud. Uh, Great work, everybody. Uh, So we're going to go to year seven on Friday towards the top of the school where we have some really, really competitive and lively teams. You do not want to miss it. Okay, well, now it's time to sit back and relax and enjoy the next chapter of our story, read today by the pre-prep's fantastic librarian, Mrs. Dahadri. What will the Ichabog be up to today, I wonder? The Ichabog, Chapter 3, Death of a Seamstress The Beamish and Dovetail families both lived in a place called the City Within the City. This was the part of Shuville where all the people who worked for King Fred had houses. Gardeners, cooks, tailors, page boys, seamstresses, stonemasons, grooms, carpenters, footmen and maids. All of them occupied neat little cottages just outside the palace grounds. The city within the city was separated from the rest of Shuville by a high white wall and the gates in the wall stood open during the day so that the residents could visit friends and family in the rest of Shuville and go to the markets. By night, the sturdy gates were closed and everyone within the city, within the city, slept, like the king, under the protection of the royal guard. Major Beamish, Bert's father, was head of the royal guard 
a handsome, cheerful man who rode a steel grey horse. He accompanied King Fred, Lord Spittleworth and Lord Flapoon on their hunting trips, which usually happened five times a week. The King liked Major Beamish and he also liked Bert's mother because Bertha Beamish was the King's own private pastry chef, a high honour in that city of world-class bakers. Due to Bertha's habit of bringing home fancy cakes that hadn't turned out absolutely perfectly, Bert was a little plump boy, and sometimes, I regret to say, the other children called him Butterball and made him cry. Bert's best friend was Daisy Dovetail. The two children had been born days apart and acted more like brother and sister than playmates. Daisy was Bert's defender against the bullies. She was skinny but fast and more than ready to fight anyone who called Bert buttable. Daisy's father, Dan Dovetail, was the king's carpenter, repairing and replacing the wheels and shafts on his carriages. As Mr Dovetail was so clever at carving, he also made bits of furniture for the palace. Daisy's mother, Dora Dovetail, was the head seamstress of the palace, another honoured job because King Fred liked clothes and kept a whole team of tailors busy making him new costumes every month. It was the King's great fondness for finery that led to a nasty incident in the history books of Cornucopia that would later record as the beginning of all the troubles that were to engulf that happy little kingdom. At the time it happened, only a few people within the city within the city knew anything about it, though for some it was an awful tragedy. What happened was this. The King of Pluritania came to pay a formal visit to Fred, still hoping, perhaps, to exchange one of his daughters for a lifetime supply of hopes of heaven. And Fred decided that he must have a brand new set of clothes made for the occasion. Dull purple, overlaid with silver lace, with amethyst buttons and grey fur at the cuffs. Now, King Fred had heard something about the head seamstress not being quite well, but he hadn't paid much attention. He didn't trust anyone but Daisy's mother to stitch on the silver lace properly, so gave the order that nobody else should be given the job. In consequence, Daisy's mother sat up three nights in a row, racing to finish the purple suit in time for the King of Pluritania's visit. And at dawn on the fourth day, her assistant found her lying on the floor, dead with the very last amethyst button in her hand. The king's chief adviser came to break the news while Fred was still having his breakfast. The chief adviser was a wise old man called Herringbone, with a silver beard that hung almost to his knees. After explaining that the head seamstress had died, he said, But I'm sure one of the other ladies will be able to fix on your last button for your majesty. There was a look in Herringbone's eye that King Fred didn't like. It gave him a squirming feeling in the pit of his stomach. While his dressers were helping him into the new purple suit later that morning, Fred tried to make himself feel less guilty by talking the matter over with Lord Spittleworth and Flapoon. 
I mean to say, if she was seriously ill, panted Fred as the servants heaved him into his tight, skin-tight satin pantaloons, naturally I'd have let someone else sew the suit. Your Majesty is so kind, said Spittleworth as he examined his sallow complexion in the mirror over the fireplace. A more tender-hearted monarch was never born. The woman should have spoken up if she felt unwell, grunted Flapoon from a cushion by the window. If she's not fit to work, she should have said so. Properly looked at, that's disloyalty to the king, or to your suit anyway. Flapoon's right, said Spittleworth, turning away from the mirror. Nobody could treat his servants better than you do, sire. I do treat them well, don't I, said King Fred anxiously, sucking in his stomach as the dressers did up his amethyst buttons. After all, chaps, I've got to look my blasted best today, haven't I? You know how dressy the King of Pluritania always is. It would be a matter of national shame if you were any well less than the King of Pluritania, said Spittleworth. Put this unhappy occurrence out of your mind, sir, said Flapoon. A disloyal seamstress is no reason to spoil a sunny day. And yet, in spite of the two lords' advice, King Fred couldn't be quite easy in his mind. Perhaps he was imagining it, but he thought Lady Eslanda looked particularly serious that day. The servant's smile seemed colder and the maid's curtsies a little less deep. As his court feasted that evening with the King of Pluritania, Fred's thoughts kept drifting back to the seamstress, dead on the floor, with the last amethyst button clutched in her hand. Before Fred went to bed that night, Herringbone knocked on his bedroom door. After bowing deeply, the chief advisor asked whether the king was intending to send flowers to Mrs Dovetail, Dovetail's funeral. Oh, oh yes, said Fred, startled. Oh, said a big wreath, you know, saying how sorry I am and so forth. You can arrange that, can't you, Herringbone? Certainly, sir, said the chief advisor. And uh, if I may ask, are you planning to visit the seamstress's family at all? They live, you know, just a short walk away from the palace gates. Visit them? said the king pensively. Oh, oh no, Herringbone, I don't think I'd like... I mean to say, I'm sure they aren't expecting that. Herringbone and the king looked at each other for a few seconds. Then the chief advisor bowed and left the room. Now, as King Fred was used to everyone telling him what a marvellous chap he was, he really didn't like the frown with which the chief advisor had left. He now begin, began to feel cross rather than ashamed. It's a bally pity, he told his reflection, turning back to the mirror in which he'd been combing his moustaches before bed. But after all, I'm the king. She was the seamstress. If I died, I wouldn't expect her to. But then it occurred to him that if he died, he'd expect the whole of Cornucopia to stop whatever they were doing, dress all in black and weep for a week just as they'd done for his father, Richard the Righteous. Well, anyway, he said impatiently to his reflection, life goes on. He put on his silk nightcap, 
climbed into his four-poster bed, blew out the candle and fell asleep. Oh, that King Fred is a bit of a nuisance, isn't he? I get the sense that he had better watch out. Thank you, Mrs. Dehadri, for your fantastic reading. And we've got more from the Ichabog on Friday when Mr. Kimberley will be taking us through the adventures in Chapter 4. So, uh, happy Wednesday, everyone. I hope you are all happy and well wherever you are and continuing to be helpful and kind and loving those around you. Keep sending all your mileage, photos and sponsorship money to the HM2020 Challenge. And let's look forward to hearing how much we have travelled and we have been able to raise for the charities on Friday. Have a great rest of your week, Keith Matt. See you on 